Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Yes, it is uh, 5.30 in the morning, and uh, I don't know why I've chosen to record this now, but welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life uh, double podcast release day. Jesus. And um, the other one was Murs. This one is uh, a very special guest, XP from Flame Griller, the West Yorkshire rap crew, who, if you don't know about, you need to know. Um, he was in town, came along for the podcast. Um, it's difficult because I, I ask to do a little intro for these now, and uh, then when it comes to doing the intro, I've got very little to say. So, arguably, this is pointless. But uh, the long and the short of it is, was he's a top bloke, um, by everything he does, by everything Flame Griller does, by everything that XP does, um, because they're brilliant, and uh, I just think we should be supporting people that are doing great stuff like this. Um, but that will all come across on the podcast. So uh, sorry about this intro. Um, it's probably going to be the last one I ever do. So enjoy it for that at least. Okay, uh, enjoy. Bye. This is the Hip Hop Saved My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's sit back because it's time for the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hip Hop Saved My Life. Uh, there's no rematch today uh, because I don't think I told him about it. Anyway, so uh, I am joined by Ben or XP from Flame Griller. How are you doing, bro? Very well, man. How are you doing? All right. Uh, good, thank you. Thanks we're sort of me. in a bit of a weird setup here because we're in my agent's office and it's like a bit. It's very grand. It is very grand, yeah. A lot, a lot of DVDs. Yes, yeah. If you're a Lee Evans or Michael McIntyre fan, it's like paradise. <laughs> when was the last show you did of this? Uh, are, you, are you managing to keep them regular or? N- well, no is the answer. We're trying, but um, I don't know. We're just very poorly organised, I guess. <laughs> we sort of stack up a few and then... Um, Do you rely on rappers to get in touch and badger the hell out of you like I did? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been trying to get you on for a while, but the problem is it's geography, isn't it? Well, Leeds is a nightmare and you're not... Do you, I, you, I haven't seen your, any tour slots of you coming up north for a bit. Must well, be no, because I'm... I'm I'm going to go on tour uh, soon. Oh, right. Not soon. It's not soon. I'm still writing the fucking show, so I don't know why I said that. that. But I'm going to go on tour. Right. But where have I done in Leeds? So I've done... Is it the... Oh, God, what's that really nice... City Varieties. City Varieties, yeah. Have you performed at the City Varieties? (laughs) I've been to see comedians. I've seen, you know, Tim Vine, James Acaster, people like that. Right, right, right. right. So City Varieties is got one of the slopiest stages I would say of any venue so like the whole time every time I've done City Varieties which is only a few times I felt like I'm going to like tip forward into the audience basically nice. so there's there's whenever you see a comedian performing at City Varieties that is what's also going through their mind so you've got to be aware of the fact that you know they're not just talking shit they're also trying to stay on the stage you know what I mean it's a nice venue though it's, it's sick isn't it nice yeah it's old school it's been there for like 100 odd years or something like that yeah, yeah. and then the other one I did when I was doing like uh, weekend gigs was the hi-fi fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> what 
weird place to do it. That must have been early on in the career. That's quite yeah. a small, so, diddly little venue. I though. think they still do gigs there, but like, um, it's when I used to do jonglers and highlights, I found. So, like, okay. you go do. But that, I mean, it was fun, but the people were, I mean, they're properly fucking hammered and like. Oh, was it a late night Friday it's a proper sort of thing, like, like weekend? I did Friday and Saturday there, like, doing weekend gigs there, and it was like. You just tackled to pieces. Or basically, like, yeah. Yeah. I played Hi Fi before because there's a music venue as much as anything. It's yeah. a nice venue for that. It's a, I can imagine it being a better music venue than a comedy Yeah, venue. yeah, yeah. They used to have an amazing sound guy in there, actually. He was like the local sound guy for all the leads, and he did all the cool gigs, like at Broodnell Social Club, which has got a really good reputation. He used to do all the sound up there, but he passed away in the last couple of years. And it's never really been the same since music wise because really, yeah. he really cared about the sound that came out. Yeah. And he was a good guy. So, yeah, but hi fi always ends up you drawing in acts like Ugly Duckling and stuff yes. like that. So, it's like touring acts that need to fill out a room of about 400. Like, yeah, you do yeah. okay out of it. Like, it's always a good deal there. Um, so, you're, are you, you're from Leeds, are you? Bradford, really. Right, okay. Like I, was bo- well, I was born in Kent for my sins. Are you serious? I was born in Bromley, man. I'm very, I, I don't often tell people this, but yeah. Fuck. So, man. my parents, my parents. Yeah, had me in Bromley, but by three they moved up to Bradford. Right. So I, by the time I was able to talk, like it was, it was okay. Do you have any recollections of what it was like when you did the move? Because I imagine if you're rocking a Kent accent, like in Bradford, Only a little cute toddler Kent accent. So right, right, it's all right. right. Okay. But yeah, no. First school did shape my because my parents are relatively well to do in terms of their accent and stuff. They didn't have a really strong anything, even though my dad was Derbyshire and stuff. But. Um, yeah, once I got to first school, there were a lot more. Yeah, I think it developed my accent a lot better. But I'm still, I still, I get spotted as a northerner down here. But if I'm up north, there's plenty of people more Yorkshire than I am. Right, 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 and right. I sort of hide behind the fact, you know, if, if it comes out too much that I'm from Bromley, I. Oh, well, we can take this out if you want. Mate. <laughs> Thanks, man. But listen, Flame Griller, amazing, man. Big and uh, I've been listening a lot to your... When did your solo... Your Remarkable Unremarkable, when did that come out? Good memory. Yeah, uh, this, about this time last year. It was about right. a sort of July, August drop. Yeah. And it was it was my, kind of my first solo effort. Like, I started doing solo stuff. To, 2006 put my first ever album out. Yeah. And it was like, all the mistakes you can possibly make as a musician. I made them, like, I even ran a thousand copies of the CD off and sold about a hundred of them. Do you know what I mean? Just <laughs> because I was like, well, it's 50p a CD. It's going to be worth it in the long run but it really yeah. won so I made all my stupid mistakes then but then I kind of considered that album for that I put out last year it was like my main first album yeah the rest of that album today. Oh, I'm gonna give it to you here's some trivia Sucre is the capital of Bolivia Google was originally named back bro Benjamin Frank had imported America's first bathtub some cats are allergic to humans the measure of quantity of visual light is a lumen I'm assuming you know it all mate but bubble wrap was originally intended as wallpaper remember when you watched the DVD the anti-pirate thing you couldn't skip Easily saying you wouldn't steal a car off a TV screen. The backing music was used illegally. Glitter can be it's used so good, man. But, thank you so Like, I mean, it, it, it's obviously the thing that I get across from listening to you guys as Flame Griller and your solo stuff is it's not easy to keep putting out stuff. You know, like, there is, there are financial, because it costs you money, obviously, like you just alluded to, to put the stuff out. Do you have like a a target of what you consider to be a success for that album or do you just think because you talk a lot on the album about how it's about the art and stuff like that just to be really pretentious yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but but um but it's true yeah there is a point where i think i think as long as we're happy with the content we will kill babies we'll do like 25 tracks and go these are crap right right, right. that said i don't know whether you've heard the negativity by flame griller that's like that's the one on Spotify. It's like half a million plays, and the next track is like thirty thousand plays. It's like 
People just go fucking mental for this track. I was born a fortunate guy with a portion of pine. Not silver spoon fed, just a shiny fork and a knife. I've been awkward and shy nearly all of my life. But something about rap gave me all of my pride. Started performing at nights. I was awful on mics, but you gotta start somewhere. I was in awe of the guys who could tear it up with the freestyle and talk to the mind. Till one day the sickest one of them pulled me aside. Took my number, said we should hook up and make beats. Experimentality was too long, so we named me XP. And that stuck. He taught me how to rap good. Then we'd head out of Bradford and get mashed up years We later. weren't going to put that out because we, it was so, we found it really cornball and cheesy and a bit like, this isn't going to go well at all. Like, let's not put this out because it just doesn't fit with this kind of jazzy ethos just for the art man kind yeah. of bollocks. And that became our, like, our biggest success as it was. And like in lots of ways, we're really proud that it's got to that point and we get people all the time going, you know, it's all about the negativity for me and I play that when I'm in a bad place and stuff and it's lovely. But at the same time, like if it wasn't for like our girlfriends at the time going, you should put that on, we wouldn't have, we'd have left it off. So you make, really? I think you make bad decisions as a result of trying to be a bit, not pretentious, but trying to be a bit like, no, it's not good enough. The art's not good enough. We've got to, you know, suffer for it. But we've, we're happy with the rest of it. And I think we've got to the point with that track where we like it and we'll play it as like our encore track at a gig and we'll just deal with the fact that that's the one people want to hear but have you ever not wanted to play because like I saw this article about some bands or whatever that like they refuse to play their biggest tunes like I think Radiohead refused to play Creep for like years I believe that yeah 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 (laughs) no because when it's live you go with whatever you can I think and the majority I mean we're such a no I shouldn't be sitting here now man like we're such nobodies that like (laughs) We're, anything we get we're very grateful for like and we don't just gig for this there was a time where we would try and gig as much as we could if people wanted it but we wouldn't just do the old black swan on a Wednesday night for, yeah, yeah, for a yeah, tenor yeah. or whatever we try and do hip hop based gigs which are few and far between in Yorkshire anyway but if someone you know gets in touch and wants Flame Griller that we kind of kind of want to cater to them and their you know yeah. the fans and stuff like that we go down really well in Northampton really? Is, yeah so we can't get a gig in Leeds for love and money but Corby Specifically, Corby, which is next to Kettering, if you've ever been before. Yeah. They're, just, they're, they're great guys down there and they love us and with all our best gigs our top three gigs we just did one last weekend it was a festival that these lads put on themselves they just put, uh, there's a speed course down there put this massive festival on and like yeah people front to a back of tent going mental we can't get like an eighth of that crowd <laughs> in our back door do you know what yeah, I mean yeah. it's, it's mental where it's caught on <laughs> Well, there's been an explosion of UK hip-hop, I think, it's fair to say. Yeah. Right? But that has been arguably very London-centric, hasn't it? Yeah, and London and Brighton and stuff like yeah. that down this way. Yeah, of course, because you've got high focus. And, uh, have you have you experienced an explosion as well, or do you feel like outsiders to that, or like what's kind of your take on it? Yeah, that? a little bit. It was... Yeah, you do feel a little bit, but then that's your own problem. If I wanted to go and rub shoulders with these people, I should be down there rubbing shoulders with them. It's not their fault that they've all managed to create a community because good hip-hop scenes come out of having a community not far apart that are always hooking up, getting stoned with each other, making a beat, making a tune, and loads of stuff happens that way. And we had a bit of an explosion back in um, 2011, sort of 12, up in West Yorkshire with our own dub Y scene, it was called for the West Yorkshire, and we had this logo that was like New York with a W and a Y. Right. Don't really see much of it. Luna C came out of that, who I know you've heard of, yeah. and other people like that who've been in Don't Flop, there's a guy called Matt Herb. And um, th- th- that kind of blew up through us, hooking up at my studio and freestyling. And there was something called the WY Cypher. Just going off on a side thing, did you ever hear about the guy in Coronation Street who lost his job because he was freestyling? No. 
Oh right. Well, oh, you know, I did. I did. I did. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. What am I talking about? Yes, I did. Guy yeah, called yeah. Chris, who yeah. was in Coronation Street, and oh, then yeah, yeah. for a weekend, he was just on the tabloids, rape rap. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. My studio, bro. That happened. Congratulations, in my... thanks, man. man. I'm very proud of killing a guy's whole career, <laughs> his whole nest egg ruined. But I didn't. I don't know how it happened. And like, basically, he he was coming along to freestyle, which and literally there was a rule where it's off the top only, no written stuff. Right. And you know how that can be just from improvising. I'm sure it doesn't take long before some bullshit comes out of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. regret but it was being filmed that it was for jokes and often the stuff that ridiculous stuff that comes out of your head was and I mean the stuff he said was in the middle of talking about badgers with seven toes do you know what I mean it was like and then he said like I rapes this that and a third yeah, or whatever stuff sounds pretty full on as well yeah oh, mate well it depends where you are where you're at with badger culling but he yeah he was he wore a mask so he couldn't be seen and other mate people, I remember sit, yeah I told this is like, this a, is fucking big like, wasn't it a graffiti artist made the mask up for him so he could wear it while he was chilling with us and sometimes he'd just chill or whatever but someone obviously dobbed him in from the crew which we still don't know I mean there was upwards of 30 40 people who come around to my house so they knew right. it was him and stuff so we didn't have a clue but the, the actual one of the main pictures they used in the tabloids with the mask on was my mate wearing a mask one time and they're just like here he is like in all his so it's like a fucking doom lookalike situation exactly yeah 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 and it was it was an indefensible situation because obviously I had the papers like contacting me going oh you know what we you know we want to hear your side of the story and there's just no with the Daily Mail or whatever there's no side where you're going to go well you know he was just saying some stuff oh yeah. he was just saying some stuff says yeah, local yeah. rapper like yeah, yeah. it's never going to go down well but my point is like that that was like the the highest point of like the West Yorkshire scene and stuff there, there was a hip hop venue at that time in Leeds which had just never been heard of some guy bought a club and it was only a little diddly thing but we were getting like Pete Rock down and stuff like that it was always local artists yeah. and it was just like such a good vibe but now it's kind of disintegrated again and yeah I think we do all look over our shoulders at kind of what's going on down south you see high focus you see the kind of moves that like Ocean Wisdom's making yeah. when he's like got Method Man on his track and stuff know, like that, that and you're like mad, fuck man like how are you going to pull that off like yeah tricky man I think Method Man would like Yorkshire though wouldn't it I don't know how many times I he's been he, yeah yeah I can't I'm like, well he's probably been he's definitely been with Red Man to play like <laughs> Academy and stuff like that but he'll just chill and leave it's interesting you talk about that um that thing with the guy doing a freestyle because when we're doing podcasts for example yeah. I have had in the past and maybe like when I quit I'll put out all of the cuts out of this podcast. But there have been times when you're just sitting around chatting and just comedians... Talking shit. Just talking shit. And, I mean, I won't allude to... It sort of defeats the object of us cutting out in the first place if I then say what it is I said. But the thing is, is that you just don't know how people are going to latch onto shit. Particularly for that guy. I mean, like, that is... That's two worlds colliding because in, in the world of like just spitting freestyles, it's probably nothing, but you've already been registered, do you know what I mean? But the yeah, thing yeah, is, yeah. is that to somebody else, especially as the thing with rap lyrics is whenever they focus on like, I remember when like Snoop first came out mm. and We're like- Burning his CDs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember they were just like in the papers, they would just take a lyric and put it in isolation. Yeah. On, and don't get me wrong. Listen, let's be honest. Snoop's first album has got a few choice fucking Pretty lyrics brutal, on it, yeah. but- that sort of just put in a thing, in an article, it looks so fucking bad. It does. I remember, well, NWA was like the biggest shit stories in that kind of thing. And I remember like, was it a policeman maybe reading out in court like the lyrics and like <laughs> killing all police? It's sort of like, and it was in isolation, it was like, yeah, that's, I can see why you feel that's quite brutal, yeah. but you can't shut it down. And also Frankie Ball's a big fan of yours, isn't he? Yeah, very lucky. Because he's the one that basically told me about you guys. Like he's a massive fan. I know he's a G. Because I know he supported you because you tried to, you kickstarted an album and got like hit the target like that was super my early, right? thing. yeah thanks to him and other people and format and stuff like that it's just yeah 
Mate, we were very lucky. And I hate to say that the way we came across Frankie Boyle was like one of those unsolicited just tweeting the guy. And it was one of the guys in Flame Griller and Frankie Boyle was doing that um, Hip Hop Wednesday thing he was doing. Hip-hop, people, yeah, on Twitter, yeah. That's remember, right. Yeah. People were like, shit, he likes hip hop. Yeah. Um, and he knows what he's talking about as well, which I think surprised everyone because he doesn't yeah. appeal to be that guy until you see him on stage with Akala. You're like, oh, okay, he's down with Akala, then fair enough. Um, and yet... He, he, for some reason, he responded to this message and like, and then since then we've just chatted, but it's very similar to my relationship with you where it's like, don't softly, softly, don't message him too much. <laughs> like, cause like, right block. And cause you know, as far as we're concerned, it's massive opportunities that like guys like you and Frankie and whoever can like listen to our stuff and tell a few of their thousands of followers about us. Cause it just... It saves a lot of fucking about, mate. Yeah. Of yeah. like just, you know, paying for adverts to try and get people to listen to it or whatever. It's a difficult yeah. market out there. So like if you you know, it's it's very useful when you guys latch onto it. How did you find it? Well, one of the things I cause I shared your um work is so shit video, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said that work is so shit. Get me out of this office. This place is so full of things. I don't know why I don't quit. I said that work is so shit. So I jibbed it off, they laughed a bit He's off to do his hippie hop Flipping knobs, this is exactly what I mean You've got some proper work done, I've got some proper dreams Don't really want to scheme from behind a computer screen Could be out there in the real world successfully being me But money is the problem there with all of that So if you're still stuck in there, learn alt and tap Quick trick. There's something about that tune that connects with people Because like so many people, mo- I don't know most But loads of people are in a job that they hate right? yeah, yeah. And the video properly tunes into that yeah. and the tune is like it's sort of inspirational isn't it because you're sort of saying if you're just plodding along you need to get the fuck out or whatever and, that's, and that really appeals to everyone and I thought that video went big because like people that I know that weren't hip hop fans because people that I'm friends with on Facebook get fucking sick of me sharing hip hop videos and going oh this is great this yeah, is great yeah, or whatever yeah, of but that had a connection do you notice that certain there's certain subject matters that sort of connect more than others I'm or? starting to specialise in that myself like it's, right. it's kind of moaning like a grumpy old man is like my genre of music now because I'm 33 and I'm past that I can't hang around smoking weed with the cool dudes and like yeah. spitting bars about shagging your mum or whatever I just don't I can't have it so I'm like what things really get on my nerves and like that, that, I mean, that song wrote itself. Usually, songs that write themselves immediately are, are, are kind of the ones that you know are going to be decent, right, or at right, least right, ring yeah. true, because it's just something that's like it just pours out of you. Because I just had so much bitterness from it. I wasn't even in an office when I finished writing that. Like, I would long sacked it off, but I do find people latch onto those ones more and they, they kind of grab onto them as a bit of a kind of, oh, that, you know, I've actually thought about sucking my job in now because of that. And that's yeah, always yeah. A, it's always nice to have like an influence in people's actual lives. When it's and then they get in touch with me about a year later and they're gone fucking destitute. Yeah, now. yeah. I'm got no job wife's left me yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks haven't a lot had that yet but we're just getting onto a year now so <laughs> it could yet happen your solo album you produced it all yourself I didn't did you? yeah 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 um, and one of the things I think about that album is obviously it's so you I mean it's, it's so unadulterated you but it does again highlight to me the link between hip hop and comedy because it, they're off I mean you're funny on that album right oh. you off uh, <laughs> Well, that's going in the press kit. <laughs> but you are properly funny in the album. And, sure. and like, are you doing writing those lyrics purely to please yourself? You're never, you're never yeah. thinking, this is what people might like or anything no, like that. No, 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 no. It's the ridiculousness. You know, stuff that you go, oh, you know, things that you laugh about in your head, they're so ridiculous. Yeah. Then they're obviously funny, aren't they? So it's yeah. just something to talk about. Um, you, you, one of your first ever podcasts with, it was with a mate of mine, Jester J. Oh, who, right, yeah, yeah. Who, of course, yeah. made that transfer from hip-hop. Well, he still does rap. 
Yes. But into, into stand-up and he's doing his thing. Like, he was yeah. at, I saw him at Edinburgh Friends last year and he's a great guy. But he was I, he was chatting to me about how similar, like, it seems to stand-up and like, they're trying to hit a vibe with an audience and trying to, you know, hit well, a funny the, string. The thing is, is, like, particularly if you're into lyrics, like, it's... The both things are about punchlines, aren't they? Do you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, that's... that's set up almost, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Which I so, don't do, but there's a lot of, you know... And, and some of the best simile rappers... I mean, we were talking about Luna before. Like, he, yeah. that, he's a genius for that kind of stuff where it's a such-and-such such like bar, a simile that just no one's ever heard of, and it's, yeah. and it's genius. And those things are, like, funny in their own right, like... I, f- I struggle to write anything along those lines. Like, right. Which, and I think there's kind of a true lyricism to that because if you can make something funny out of nothing, because anyone can go, work shit, in it. But yeah. like making something funny out of something that you'd never even thought of, like, I yeah. think that's the true lyricism. Like, um, There was something that, oh God, what was it you... Uh... You deliberately fucked up the rhyme and then corrected yourself. Oh after. yeah, yeah, lost or something. That yeah, was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Loses. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You snoozes yeah, yeah. and you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, man. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's prop. That's comedy, man. Did that work? So I was when I did that. I was like, is this a bit cheesy? And I think I played it to one guy, and he was like, he laughed, and I thought. Yeah. We'll leave that in. That, no, that is laugh out. That, that's properly funny, man. Fadoos, fadoos. Um, I was going to ask you as well about on that album. We talk a lot about misogyny and hip hop on uh, this podcast. In fact, whenever one of the things that we ask people is, "What don't you like about hip hop?" And, and nine times always. out of ten, it's a misogyny, right? Yeah. And you got that track "Sex Panther." Yeah. Sixty percent of the time, rappers talk about women every time, and we enjoy Biggie's a friend of mine. But never mind that. In the nineties, it was effective, and it's still awkward as hell listening to the sex skits. I mean, what possesses anyone to record fake or not? A load of moaning and groaning in between your famous songs to prove what you get, ladies, or ladies get you. There's the idea that we think you've never done it. Vex you? Is this school again? Are we back in sick form, laughing at? Is that something? What, where do you stand on like? Uh, detaching your beliefs from what you're listening to. Or, I mean, I guess from when you're making it, it's different, isn't it? Yeah, but... I literally listen. I mean, I, my, my wife drove me here and I was listening to Biggie. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm on a Spotify and, and stuff coming out of his mouth is like, you know, you know how it is with that. But I don't know. Yeah, I can detach from it. And I think it's an era thing. I think, I think. I think you could get away with it. I feel it, and it's rife now. There's plenty of it in the UK hip hop scene and beyond. Well, bloody hell, mumble rap's full of that kind of degrading of women. But and it feels these days you're like, man, really, are we still kind of leaning on this? But I guess it's just that bravado that'll always be in hip hop of like, I get many ladies and much money kind of thing. It's yeah, just yeah. That, the standard thing that everyone's going to say if that's you know why why do you think you're successful? Well, got ladies and money kind of. But uh, yeah, personally, I hate it, but. I could never do anything like that myself. Well, I've never been a massive player anyway, sort of thing, so I couldn't pretend. But I've got three nieces, a wife, you know what I mean, mother and sister, and it's like, I don't like the idea that yeah. they're listening to that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I wouldn't play Biggie like in front of the family. I wouldn't be like, should we listen to some Ready I know. It's that kind of vibe. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because like, you sort of... The, the thing I find about tracks like that is like... Because one of the things that my wife accused me, I don't know if your other half is into hip-hop, but mine, yeah, but... My, mine isn't massively. I think she likes The Roots and that's about it. Sick. And, uh, yeah, it's a good, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, but every now and again, I'll, we'll just be, we can't listen to it with the kids in the car, but when the kids aren't in the car, we'll like, put something on. And then when they say something proper, fucking graphic and horrific, I feel embarrassed, man, because I just yeah. feel, I'm a grown-up that's telling you that I like this stuff, yeah, and then yeah. they're coming out like of this. At least they're just looking at me like, are you fucking serious, man? Like, is, <laughs> is this what you're into? It appeals to that generation, though, doesn't it? I, I grew up with Slim Shady LP. Like, yeah. that was bang on. And, and if you listen back to that, it's like, you know, it's ama- some of it is amazing and yes. really good lyricism, but it is all just the whinings of someone who's just been horrendous the whole time. And But from a kid's perspective, 
perspective, it's what you want to hear. You want those boundaries broken, I think. I know. So I think kids latch onto it. And also we're in a... Um, a market musically that's dominated by the under 18s. Like, I, I'm not gonna kill it with uh, give, selling my stuff to over 30s, which is, you know, 25s and over moaning bastards who are married. It's yeah. kind of my market, which right. is a bit niche. But people who are throwing money at iTunes vouchers and all the rest of it are kind of in that age group where they do want to rebel and they do want to hear that kind of vibe. So I, th- I think it will continue forever, that misogyny. Like, um, it's a, cause the Eminem thing is like, it almost felt slightly different because. He sort of, uh, I wouldn't say it was tongue in cheek because he says some stuff straight down the line. Yeah. But it's almost like he's like, I'm doing this to shock you. Yes. And that's yes. that's almost sort of more acceptable than somebody saying something really fucking shocking. And you just think that's their just view, that's their it. take that's, that's on it. That's what they believe. That's their everyday life. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So, um, where are you? What are you up to now? What's your sort of plans? Um, Mate, I'm what's the next step? I'm, I'm blagging comedians for. Um, opportunities on Twitter <laughs> I guess mate genuinely that's about it I've got I'm writing a second album at the moment um, I'm about five tracks into that I'm pretty proud of that oh, wicked. Um, I've, I've, there's, there's like three tracks that I'm super like better than anything I've put out so far and then the rest I'm like these aren't good enough at the moment so I'm sort of hammering them at the moment but that and I'm kind of pushing my own stuff but I'm not doing much with it I'm not gigging all the time and I'm not trying to I've got a very nice life in Leeds we, are, we have a bungalow I've got a studio there we built I just get to chill mate music everything's good I'm self-employed so I'm not like hungry like 15 years ago whatever when I was starting rapping or whatever it was like it's just got to happen I've got to go there I've got to do this whereas now I'm much more chilled out but I think the hunger shows and I think and I think in today's climate of putting music out if you're not putting a new mixtape out or whatever every three months people do start snoring on you a little yeah, like, yeah. sort of forgetting about you so I, I'm I'm faking it as I'm, I'm faking it till I, till I sort of don't really make it anyway like I, I, I'm not asked. I would be I would hate to be in a situation like you are where you can't walk down the street probably without getting asked by a thousand people for a freaking selfie or whatever yeah. like that must do you nothing and I'm glad I don't think I'll ever get to that point and I'm glad that I get to this stage but I'd like to do it I'd like I'd like do you know I'd like to be bigger than Flame Griller that's what's pissing me off right really? now yeah when the Spotify <laughs> plays come in and it's like, well, Flame Girl are doing well. I've got like 200 plays for the fucking month. You're like, this is, this is my own. I'm, oh man. It's just a bit emasculating for your own. <laughs> I want to get, so that's my main goal at the moment. Get my shit to the point where people, uh, you know, are talking about that as much as they might be talking about Flame Girl, which is still very low down in the priority of anyone's UK hip hop playlist yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm winging it. And I, so I'd rather give out records to people who might be in the know or, you know, just to kind of spread the word a little bit yes, and get yeah. a little bit of a following that way. Because I don't know, I don't know what the fuck to do otherwise. Because I'm never going to be an, a two album a year guy. Yeah. I barely one every two years sort of thing. If yeah, I'm lucky yeah. and I don't, I do bits and pieces on the side, but I've got to be, I'm so anal about it. It's got to be right. And it's got to sound right that I think people lose interest. So chuff knows, mate. Have you ever, have you had uh, it become easier for you to get stuff on like, because I know that they're more willing to play UK hip-hop on radio now, aren't they? A little, Seem a little that way. Radio yeah. 2 are almost going away of playing hip-hop during the day, aren't they? So yeah, Radio yeah. 6 are really good. Hard to get in there, though, man. Really? Like, it's about who you know, man. Like, 
mate, I can't even get played on local radio stations. Like Seriously? Mate, I, I mean, how do you do it? You tell me how I would go about getting on radio stations. Like, I'll send, send uns- I can send a demo to them, I can ring them, but they'll generally just, no, it's not really for our playlist or whatever. Man, I can't even get stocked in some of the radio, in the, some of the record stores in Leeds. They'll just go, well, we don't, we don't have space. And you're like, are you fucking serious? Mate, I, I will on record, Crash Records. Other ones have been amazing, like Jumbo yeah. and stuff like that, which are great. But like, I rang them up and was like, oh, you know, could I, could you stock a record? And it's like, mm, not really got space. Like, what the what for a single record for local? <laughs> what? But uh, they haven't. And and this is the kind of thing you come up against. And it doesn't half make you go, well, why 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 bother? Because it's not gonna. I mean, even if I manage to get a record in Crash Records and maybe someone buys it, like, uh, what's happening there? Or I get played on BBC Radio Leeds. What's happening there? So Radio Six is the way. And I had an in. So I've got another group called Tough Crowd. I don't know whether I've, I've shown yes. you that stuff. All right, cool. Um, so we got we got some play on Radio Six because the guy who did the artworks, wife had been emailing the producer of Lauren Laverne's show pretty right. much, you know, morning Lauren, just putting the dishes out, kind of conversational things that back and forth and they'll read them out occasionally because they need stuff to read out. And because of that, that was an in for us and we got played a couple of times on Radio 6. Yeah. And now that, that's been shut down because the producer's moved on elsewhere and we can't just send a message to the old, you know, we've played this before and here's, no, they don't want to know. And it's like, so how do you get in that circulation? I think once you get in that rotation, it's great, but it's getting people to make that step and go, oh, I'm going to play this, it's new. You don't have many yeah. John, not many John Peels anymore. No. Just give anything a go kind of thing. Like. Fuck, man. It's, yeah, that's a mad It's one, depressing, isn't it? though. I bloody hell, everyone else manages to do it, don't they? So, like, I'm sure there's a way, and I'm probably just down on it. <laughs> and, I'm do- and, a bit, and it's probably the non-hunger thing, again, that's making me go, oh, I'll just... Well, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you sort of think, like, when I started doing stand-up, I just sort of thought, if I'm able to pay my bills from doing comedy, yeah. then I would consider that I've done it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've made oh. it. Do you know what I mean? Because you sort of think... It's a gift. Oh, God, this sounds so wanky. But it is a, it is, it is a gift, gift to be able to do something you really... Oh, God, kill me. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> Bro, it is, though, genuinely. You, you, obviously, you are, because you're getting on every frigging radio TV show going, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's... I think, I've got, I think I've got about six months left. Is it? Yeah. But you've ridden a beautiful wave. Yeah, and then I will just... Surf the hell out of it. Yeah, and then I'll just disappear, <laughs> I think. Surely there's always Mock the Week. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
So do you listen to much hip hop yourself? Not as much as I should really. A lot of the old school stuff that I still really like. I try it. I had a rate I had a little podcast myself. because um, I shut down by I was on a I had a I run a record label for six years and in 2012 I just got bored got bored of it and people were taking a piss and using the facilities too much and pissing on the floor as you might have heard in certain bars and stuff like yeah. that just fucking at my house basically so I sacked that off and I needed something in the space so I, I, made, I made a show called A Up which was like initially a weekly podcast but with music where like I would be digging through SoundCloud or whatever to find new good hip hop and at that time I was keenly into it because I was trying to listen to people who weren't like played six six figure views on YouTube wanted to find something a little smaller and I was right up with it but that weekly episodes became monthly episodes and monthly episodes became once in a three months and then I stopped it and then now I'm not really doing it anymore and I feel yeah. bad because they're in it's di- difficult to find it out there so you get stuff that like yourself or whatever will put on put on your feed but then you might not have time to even type it in your spotify or whatever but yeah, it's a yeah. terrible excuse it's because there's so much access to stuff or back in the day i do a lot of digging for jazz stuff now so i'm always look, listening trying to listen out for stuff that i can make music with and listen to as well and as a result i kind of listen to less hip-hop yeah which is which is a shame so there's still certain people well, it's, it's, to, it's, a, it's a weird one because like since spotify and all that shit mm-hmm. obviously you suddenly are opened up to loads more music of course but then what happens is is there's so much stuff that i didn't get hold of from the era when I first got into hip hop. Like there's loads of yeah. stuff. Like, like you could discover, yeah, totally. you could spend a year listening to stuff from 94 that you hadn't heard. And it's you know all I mean? banging. Yeah. Every track you're like, yo, and it yeah. was probably some throwaway album track and it's yeah. fire in it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so like, you sort of go, like sometimes I just think, I ain't got fucking time to keep up with it, man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's the truth of it. Like, because there's so much old shit that you, that you love and you just think, and, and then the, the argument is like that you just get frozen listening to what you listen to yeah. and you don't listen to any new stuff. And I understand why that is. Do you know what I mean? Because it's a shame though. It's yeah. a really shame. Do you have like a source of like new good hip hop? Have you got someone who's constantly like nudging you and go, yo, you need to check this, you need to check that? Or Not it? really. No, I mean, it's certainly, I, I, I mean, now we're from doing the podcast, people will send stuff. Ah, of course. Yeah. And then like, so it does give me an access to stuff that I probably wouldn't have come across like otherwise. Nice. And you're, I do sort of actively seek, seek it out or whatever. Good. But, um, but it's hard. You know, like you're doing, other, you're doing other shit. And then also the other thing is, is I sometimes think, am I listening to music in the right way? Because like when I used to listen to music, I could afford like one album every two yeah, weeks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I listened to that almost exclusively. And that album would be, Printed into my, you know, you like know the I'd, bars I'd remember it forever. Yeah, cards. like properly yeah. be in, and I'd know it backwards. Whereas now, you know, I say I like an album, but you listen to it like maybe twice through or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. All the other yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. like, you just—it's not, you know, it used to be like oh, I love that album. On this track, he says da 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 da, and like you'd, you'd know it off by heart. Whereas now, you'd be like, yeah, that album's great. I have got a recollection of it being great. Do you, do you <laughs> know what I mean? Pass like, me by at one point. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like it's just a totally different. We're in a very non-album generation now, where yeah. it's like about this track and this one blew up, and that guy's done this track, and we'll just keep moving on. And like, you, and young people are doing the same. They'll just play a track very quickly and like move on, and you don't get the uh, the, rom- the romance is gone because you kind of. You don't get to sit through and go, oh, how they put that and link that track together with that. But at the same time, I dig it because like everyone's got a short attention span and there's so much access to everything. I get why people yeah. do what they do. But I sort of understand why vinyls come back. Yes, because like there's something about sitting down and being fully engaged with what you're listening nothing, to. Nothing is more. This is terrible. Nothing is more. <laughs> we sell like such a pair of old. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, nothing is more disheartening than seeing uh, my missus hates me for this getting an email it's like oh so and so has bought your album and it's like they've just bought the digital version and you're like man <laughs> fuck <laughs> like when I've gone into the I'm like you know look at I've done a little pull out booklet for you and yeah, 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 yeah. stuff like that it's like now nah, we'll just chuck it on my iPod and it's fine and I own yeah. it it's like and, it, but this, and she goes mental at me for that because it's like good they don't want to fill the house up with crap yeah. they want to own it and they're not just listening to it on YouTube good for them and you should yeah. be and I should be grateful but I'm like I, my heart always sinks because you want the romance of like holding the vinyl I, I friggin love that feeling of yes. being able to hold a record and, I, and when there's a new artist or whatever I'm excited about and I want to buy their album and it's only digital I'm always like man I've been, I keep blagging I keep saying there's a website it's wonderful called Curate yeah. um, where have you heard, have you heard about yeah, it. yeah, I've heard it's of it. It's freaking amazing, and people can like just put their album on there. And if a hundred people want it, it'll get pressed to vinyl, and you yeah. don't have to pay anything, which is always the problem with vinyl. It's just having to put up their X thousand pounds to get it pressed in the first place. And there, there'll be artists where I'm like emailing them, going, "Yeah, I've heard you got an album. Out. Is there any chance you can uh, just go on Curate and bob it in? Because like chances are they'll get yeah. hundred copies and piece of piss and then it's something to hold and own and feel like you've got in your hand but it's only f- to be old school about it really and it's like you're going to listen to it yeah. it's not yeah. like driving around listening to a vinyl I'm not like it's definitely <laughs> going to be on Spotify or whatever so yeah. I'm just as bad as everyone else Are you doing gigs at the moment? Mainly with Flame Griller. Um, we did a nice, I did a nice festival last weekend in um, Corby, as I said, which is called uh, the Rocked Up Festival, which these lads had put, just this group of mates who just put it on. So Flame Griller did one out there, and XP did one as well. So, like, same DJ I played earlier on, and then Flame Griller headlined, because of course, of course I can't headline beyond my own band. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that was good. And then the next one's a Flame Griller. We're playing at a breakdance competition in Bradford because I know I know quite a good breakdancer who like runs a lot of nights in Bradford so we're doing one there but we, it's few and far between because like one of them's got one of them's got a kid and the other one's really busy like works six days as a, as a grafter like he's a builder and stuff like that so like there's just not a lot of time and we don't hook up and there was a time when they were always around the studio like maybe weekly and we were writing something and now it's like maybe we'll talk to each other once a month like right, right, right. it won't be about hip hop or whatever but there was a time where we were just like on it on it on it you write a verse you write a verse and now we've kind of dropped off from that so we've written like maybe two songs for a new album over the last three years <laughs> so it's not doesn't bode well which is one of the reasons I started doing this solo stuff but yeah I, but I haven't gone out looking for there's nothing worse than so, bro, I, I was I was I loved listening to you and Frankie Boyle talk about gigs and that there was nothing better than um, no one turning up oh my god it was just such a great feeling and in, in the heart of hearts I knew exactly what you meant even though like I love rocking a good gig yeah but with my shit as I say small in the game no one's heard of me it's hard work because it's not like people are shouting the words along so I've made these I got my mate to make these boards like literally wooden boards with a pole with like the words written on for like choruses yeah. and be like one two say that now kind of thing and like and it's just the whole thing is like a grafting session for that full 40 minutes you just like working and well, try thi- and get them to listen for the first time to your music the thing is with stand up it's like um, like you know before I was touring I'd like you know you go and do these clubs and people had not heard of you but they are paying attention to you right yeah, yeah, and yeah. so like once they if, if you manage to I mean lo- loads of times I went and did those gigs and fucking died on my hoop but if you could get them in because they're paying attention whereas the number of times I've been to gigs 
and it's been like the support act or whatever. Yeah. And I've looked at the support acts and I've looked at the crowd and I thought, there is nothing mm-hmm. sh- short of setting themselves on fire. There is nothing <laughs> they, could do. they could do to get the attention of this crowd. Especially There's no they're, fucking they're way. There's a small artist playing for like, you know, the far side are coming to play. Yeah, a gig yeah. or whatever. Everyone's like, when the fuck are they playing? Yeah. Like, who are these There's just guys? no, it's just absolutely, like, and you know, you can try and, like you said, you try and rock it as much as you can. I think, I mean, obviously, you have to try and come up with ingenious ways of getting their attention. Ideas that yeah. work. And it works sometimes, but sometimes it does feel like pulling teeth. And yeah. a lot of gigs, well, a few gigs I've walked away from, I'm like, fucking hell. So I, I like to do a gig when I know it's going to be good. Like I'll probably turn down more. I mean, I, and it's, it's to do with our availability and stuff like that. But like, yeah. And there have been a lot of opportunities. I probably could blag for more. Best solo gig I ever did was in London. Oh, really? I did yeah. one in Stoke Newington back end of last year. And it was frigging phenomenal. There's a crew, a, a night called Holding Court. Right. And they get a lot of, they, they do them every month or so. There's a guy called Luke who runs them and they always do a sick, sick do. And it was just great. A lot of people who I know, like expats from Yorkshire who lived, came through and just a really nice vibe. Expats from Yorkshire. Yeah, you know what I mean? They're living in London now to make their way with a fucking bindle and that. I bloody hate expats. <laughs> anyway, don't get me started on London, mate. Uh, but yeah, so we've lost a lot of people to it. And But yeah, it's... I, there isn't a lot of call for gigs in Leeds like not a lot of hip hop promoters there are some but it's kind of crusty nights short kind of sausage festy no women kind really? of vibe and it's like you know what I mean it's not fun for anyone really yeah, it's just yeah. a bit grotty like yeah not painting a great picture of it but no I like it <laughs> it sounds like the type of scene I'll get into yeah, you'd love it mate yeah. no, honestly do you get to many hip hop gigs yourself then do you I, manage to go to like I, independent I, ones or I do now and again uh, but it's it's increasingly more difficult. But I, I, do you know what, man? I've got to be honest with you. I'm fucking, like, it used to be, I went through a phase of, like, when I was in, like, my, uh, like, in, probably throughout my whole of my 20s, yeah. I was fucking going all the time, right? And I want to get right down the front. And then gradually, as the years went on, I didn't, I gave less and less of a shit about being down the front. And I moved to the back. Then I'd be up somewhere else where it's comfortable. Yeah. And then now, I've got to check the fucking parking out before I even think about yeah, going. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? And, and it's the same thing. Even if it's something I enjoy, mm. like I could book tickets and it's no insult to the people I'm going to see. I don't mean it to be. No. But like, I look at the tickets and I'm about to leave my house and I think, I mean, can I be fucking I could bothered? just stay here and everything. <laughs> Nothing would change about life. Yeah, that's terrible. This is bad. These are two people that want people to come and see them. Please. They're talking about... Please come sh- and see... <laughs> They're no, talking about fuck. how fucking shit it is to go out and do exactly that. It's terrible, isn't it? I don't know what to do about it, mate. We've both picked something that we hate. We, we, like, you can't... I feel like such a hypocrite. I really want you to come and see me on tour, but... Yeah, fuck going and seeing someone on tour man. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as it's outside my house like, I'll <laughs> wave at you from there man yeah I'm saying man there did come a point and I agree with you where we, I was like forcing my way to the front and then sort of a point of time in my life where I was like okay you know I've been here 45 that doing, yeah okay probably could call it a day there and yeah. I'd be pretty happy and then they'll play for another 45 minutes you're like dude I had I, I, I remember feeling so ungrateful because I managed to like blag tickets to like Prince did this like small gig at the Coco in Camden right it was like this like really like I don't know how How long ago we talking like not long before he went yeah not not, not that long before he went right so it was it was insane yeah and I went and this is really bad because I I know Prince was a genius right but I was stood watching him and he did a really long show because obviously it was like a special event and blah 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 (laughs) and about just over an hour in, mm. I remember standing there watching it going, 
I think I've had enough of Prince for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> There's people who literally crawl over broken glass who have been in your position for that moment. Like, no, it's probably enough now, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, but listen, the, that was great. It was an amazing gig. Of course, yeah. But Experience as well. Yes, but after a bit, I was like, oh, do you know what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen what he, like he's gonna he's doing what he's gonna do for the. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? I'm gonna fucking regret this when people are walking out of my tour, <laughs> just like 40 minutes in. So going, we're done now, mate. Yeah. Don't come back for the second half. Like, well, yeah, fair enough. He did say you, you get bro, you, uh, stand up, you get seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. And, and confectionery that's true. and that. So you're laughing, really. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whereas standing up for a gig can get a bit. You know what I mean? Especially if you're getting if it's a busy gig and you're getting pushed around. A mate of mine went to Hilltop Hoods. My right. DJ went to Hilltop Woods. Uh, Hilltop Hoods and frigging it was just full of Austra- sweaty Australians like with their tops off and it was uh, disgusting he said he had the time of his life yeah. but like there was a point where they went oh uh, now it was hard, you know well through the gig and they were like right everyone take your tops off and, oh, and item clothing off and wave it around your head and they said the sweat was just pouring in it and it's just like there's no point where I as a 33 year old man lover of hip hop or not and I like a lot of Hilltop Hoods I don't want to be in that no. from ever like why would you ever do that to yourself? I went to see Public Enemy nice uh, well I've seen them loads but this particular time I've seen them loads look at this little brag I've seen them loads actually seen them loads, so, you and know, you gifted yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no hold on I didn't mean I... oh god that, <laughs> we need to fucking take that bit out anyway so um, uh, Public Enemy Oh no, I need to clarify this gift thing. I feel too embarrassed. Bro. It was bad, wasn't it? No. I didn't mean it was I didn't mean I had a gift. <laughs> I mean it was a gift to be able to do this. Of course. There you go. Nicely done, actually. That... Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. That's oh. turned it on its head, man. Nice work. Public enemy, anyway. Anyway, I went to see public enemy. <laughs> and I was they're just about to start. They're just about to come on. And a guy came and stood next to me, and he smelt like a fucking rotting foot, right? <laughs> and and he, and you know when people, as the gig's about to start, pick where they're gonna, where they're gonna be. Yeah. He had picked that's where he's gonna be, and he's gonna be right in front of me. And that was, and I, I remember things myself. First of all, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> Second of all, how the fuck can you smell like this at the beginning of the gig? Like you're yeah, talking about yeah, people yeah. smelling at art the end, at the end yeah, of it. Yeah, words. This guy fucking reeks, mate. <laughs> It's fucking unbelievable. Well, I saw Public Enemy in Manchester and it was a good do, but Flavor Flav stuck around on stage after long after this. Did he finished. play the drums? No, there were no drums, as I remember. It was just decks and, and um, yeah, Chuck D bounced, but Flavor Flav was just chilling and was chatting to anyone who come up to him. But on the mic, like, it was weird. There was one, there was a, there was a young lad who looked too young and he was like, yo, stay in school, G, and all this kind of shit. It's like the, the most surreal moment of my life watching Flavor Flav, like trying to school the youth, man, of Manchester. Flavor Flav has always been pro-educated. Like, it, it's always yeah. been his thing, isn't it? True, yeah, yeah. He's a bit of a preacher in that way, I guess. He always, yeah, did have a positive yeah. vibe. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, we're almost out of, shit, we're almost out of time here, but I did want to ask you, I remember when I, in my, in my, uh, trying to be a rapper, I wasn't trying to be a rapper, but I used to like get Damn, on used to write. Awful. Awful, cool. right? But yeah. the reason I bring this up is not to, uh, to talk about another one of my gifts, but, <laughs> but because, um, I remember I was in Hungary on like some student thing mm. and they said, there was, we bumped into this Hungarian, bumped into, met this Hungarian rap group and they said, do you want to do some lyrics? And we did it mm. and they said, it's difficult to get, our heads around your accent we haven't heard like a UK accent okay. now obviously it's a bit different but then yeah, it was yeah. like I haven't really heard a UK accent mm. and most UK voices that you hear are that southern kind of thing have you have you has your accent 
played any part in your thinking or have you experienced any obstacles because of it or is it is it just a non is it a Bro, non when thing? I started rapping disgusting as it is because I was into American hip hop I started rapping with an American accent nice. do you have nice. it, would you were you straight in with your UK accent were you I'm, I think so yeah Damn, no, that's I, impressive man there must have been a time when I fucking dropped just had a bit because yeah. you'll have done bar, you'll have done other lyrics of American Mate, when I started doing stand up I put on a fucking Sri Lankan accent <laughs> really yeah <laughs> only for the first for the first gig and then I realised that was fucking insane it's not going to happen yeah, no. yeah fair dues no so it took me a while so I was probably you know like 13 to 16 with an American accent and recorded like an early demo tape with this awful American accent and then like through time and through like people going you need to fuck off the American accent um, just did my own and I've never really found it a barrier for entry massively like if America Amer- Americans listening to English that's the only barrier I've ever heard of because you get Americans going I can't really get down with it the American yeah. the English accent and that could be like jest or anyone yes. like regardless of the accent um, I, I've never heard a, a, a southerner go well, I'm not really feeling this nothing yeah. and, I, and I think it, just, it does add a little bit of exclusivity to it because I mean have you heard like Geordie rap you heard rappers from yes, like yeah. Newcastle. It sounds fucking amazing. Yes, Same with a strong Scottish or a strong yeah. Irish. Done well, it's amazing. Yeah. And, it's, and it's a bit, you know, it's like gold dust. There's not a lot of it about. So I think it can help your, the exclusivity. Well, I, mean, I, was, I, I do actually think, I was, I'm glad you said that because I think it's a strength, man. Because yes. I remember like when, when um, UK hip hop, you know, you will have listened to hip hop during the years when everyone's going, I don't understand why UK hip hop's not getting more play, man. It's ridiculous. Like, all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like people, the thing was, is that, UK hip hop was trying to emulate American hip hop. Why would you bother listening to UK hip hop if uh, you, it's a, it's a version of an American totally, thing? Totally, totally. Whereas now UK hip hop is it's very much its own thing. Yeah, yeah. And then if you've got a rapper with a completely different accent, mm. that's even that's even a bigger degree of separation. Yeah, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? And also, I agree with you. I think your accent is so like well suited to hip hop do you yeah. know what I mean and, and it's just it's just the luck of the draw isn't it certain accents work and certain accents don't, don't yeah they? I think so. well I, yeah I don't know I, I still grew up hating my fucking voice when it was recorded I don't know really, if you yeah. went through that as well but there's a point where you, you get over that don't you and stuff so I've, I've never really known whether that was the case but I'm quite you know as I say in Yorkshire like I go down as a bit of a Radio 4 voice like because it's not like full on so maybe it's because I'm I, I, not quite over the top Yorkshire right, 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 managed right. to cut down the middle of it a little more and people could it's clearer maybe Maybe, I don't know, but you might be the only person who's ever complimented me on my accent, actually, for, for hip-hop, so... Really? Nice work, man. I'll take no, that. No, another thanks, one for the press man. kit. Uh, it's just another one of my many gifts. <laughs> and it's just good to be able to give you one. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Plug one, plug two. Guest plugs for you. So how can we uh, check out your stuff if we want to? Uh, well, I am, uh, my, my Twitter handle is Ben. So you can, and then you forward slash, that'll pretty much work for anything. Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud if you want to be on there. But uh, I'm also known as Experimentality and that's the band camp. So it's tricky, man. And just XP is it on its own. Have I just made this up? Was your first rap name Voodoo X? Fuck me. What? what? Is How that- do you know that shit? <laughs> Who have you been talking to? Sure, I've read this somewhere that you're right. Is that right? That's yeah, your... that's fucking bang right. Bro, I, I thought that's like the Bromley thing, man. No one knows that. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and, now, and now it's on a podcast. <laughs> Fuck's sake. That, you know the 16-year-old American accent? Yeah, yeah. That was Voodoo X. That was Voodoo motherfucking X. Right. So yeah, and then I changed it because me and a mate of mine like the idea of, we like a, what's it called when you add a word together with another experimentality, obviously. And, yeah. And, that, and then I went to a night and did an open mic and there was I, a guy was like, oh, I'll take your name. What's your name and number and stuff. And I was like, oh, experimentality. And he was like, that's fucking far too long, mate. You want to hear Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to see XP and that's what came out of that. So I still kind of run with 
kind of both. But yeah. like generally it's XP, but it's completely, un- you put XP into Google and good luck because I think it trades on the stock market. There's an XP thing like Nasdaq. Yes, or there is. But I think if you, <laughs> I can help you here because if you capitalize the P as is in your name. Ah, word in a lowercase X. It deals with all that Does it shit. deal with it? Yeah, Google's a beast, man. Yeah. Well, you can find me by doing that. Yeah. I made, made sure I had a really long title for my album. So like there's no, you can't mess that one up. Um, but listen, the album is amazing. You've got to check it out. Big fuck up. And you're going to... When do you reckon the new one will come out? Definitely next year by about October, I hope. Okay, wicked. Um, listen, dude, thank you so much for hey, coming man. on. Thanks so much for having me, man. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.